Viewer discretion is advised. All activities performed in-game and are fictitious. Arcade magic is not to be used lightly and by amateurs. <laughs> All magic performed in this show was performed by an expert. Feel free to try this at home. <laughs> reward from the old baron you guys are traveling on your way to the big city where you guys are going to spend money on your you know on your big loot and i got a whole i got a thing for the i got a thing for as you guys enter the city um but before we get there i wanted to do like a little interlude kind of a session where we have like a quick like you know you guys go off and do some do some beach episode type stuff so it's a beach episode. Right. So you know you got you guys start traveling with the Baron. Watermelon smashing. So you guys were traveling towards the big city of Greyhawk, um, with the Baron. Two days travel, and on the on the way there, you guys have a you know a time to where you go go past this like beat this beautiful beach, this beautiful sunset, and the Baron is inspired by this you know so much that he's like oh. What, what, I, where, this is where we'll make camp. Oh, this is a great spot. Oh, yes. And you guys, you know, you guys break camp. And, um, you know, why don't you, and you guys, why don't you guys roll to, like, make make camp for the night with the Baron. And the Baron does a, does a pretty good job. Roll to hang out. Yeah, roll to hang out with the Baron and make camp. I'm going to set up a, a little baby shrine of Baylor. Because that's what it's all about. It's a beach episode. I got a 17 plus Baylor. Nice. I'm not a 13. Oh, I, got a I don't know what you want to add. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so you guys, you guys, um, <laughs> and I got a 17. You guys, you <laughs> guys make, seven. you guys make a pretty good camp for the bear, and you guys build a little bonfire out of some driftwood that you find on the beach. Then we find some watermelons. You find some watermelons. <laughs> you're able to smash them up. Oh, who wants to use the nail bat? Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> the person blindfolded as they're smashing. <laughs> Probably. So as you guys, as you guys, you know, make make camp with the bear, and then you guys camp out, and the baron's got a couple of his, you know, uh, retainers with him, and um, you know, you guys play some volleyball, and you know, you guys grow a little bit as friends, and you guys are sitting around the fire, the bonfire at night. Montage. Um, one uh, several montages later, <laughs> and, and the Baron starts telling you about um, his uh, one of his advent, you know, one of his adventures. You can tell that this guy is you know pretty in the bag because he's been drinking wine all night, and he starts telling you about you know fighting against the uh, the automatons battles that he fought with Pepe, and some of them are some of them are kind of you know actually pretty sad, but really seem to you know the Baron seems to really like be like thinking about this kind of stuff one of the, like this is one of those things that's like in the back of his mind but he doesn't really talk about 
And, you know, he kind of drops his, you know, happy demeanor that he's always had. Um, you know, he, he gets done telling you one tale about, you know, an attack that he made with his with the airship with Pepe. And in his story, they mentioned something about how they, like, set down to make repairs in a field. So there I was, wandering off, waiting for the, Pe the good man Pepe to finish his work on the ship, only to see a enemy craft land. We, I uh, waited until I had an opportune moment to see who was getting off. It was, and uh, to my luck, it was none other than a automaton officer. Shot off a couple cute spells. <laughs> I ended up taking a few things off of him and running, getting out of there. I gotta say, we barely made it out of that one. Woo. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, oh, oh man, I, I have to use the bathroom. Woof. Be right back. And he, you know, and he, he wanders off uh, for a minute. And you guys are sitting around the bonfire, you know, cooking up marshmallows. This pup the sugar. most worthless of all foods. And you feel a, you feel this, like, strange breeze come out of nowhere. The, the bonfire kind of like flares up for a minute and it all goes still as a swirling mist appears in the water and out of it, out of this mist that starts rising and you guys are kind of like, you know, Duh. what the fuck is going on as this, is, as this watery <laughs> mist appears and out of it, um, out of a portal that opens from this watery mist, a figure appears and you guys look at him and it's a man. Um, and you sort of recognize him. He's got um, a big, bushy beard, but bigger sideburns that are even bushier. He looks at you and he says, Don't be afraid. He steps out of the darkness and over the water, and you can see that this figure is clad in a red robe. He, um, he looks at you and he says, I must show you what is to come. And the wind picks up, and you guys like, struggle as this wind, like, blows you from behind, and the bonfire goes out, and you're, s and you are thrown into the portal behind this uh, figure. I, I jump to make a giant arc, okay. and dive into the portal. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Make a jump check, Eric. All right. I got a 44. Jesus Christ. Why? Oh, sorry, oh, it's probably boots. higher. The boots are only plus 30. You... You, you, oh, you haven't made it to Greyhawk yet. Oh. So you don't ha quite have dang. the boots yet. All right. Ah. Sorry. Ah, oh, never mind. But uh, I, I jump gracefully. <laughs> you still managed to swan dive into this portal without getting any water on you. Just shocking. As the rest of you guys are, the Aelin and Rob are soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have a weird, trippy, uh, Doctor Who-esque fall through a portal, and there's like lightning and stuff, and you see all of these weird images... And as you appear on the other side of this this opening, you guys realize that you are about ten feet up in the air, and you fall into a muddy patch. Uh, Eric, you land on your feet because you jumped into the portal. Yeah. <laughs> Suzanne and Rob, you guys are going to take three points of falling damage as you land uh, on your sides, uh, prone. Um, around you, you notice that you guys are not where you were. Um, the area around you um, appears to be much like the spider forest, but it's very much changed. The, the trees are glistening with slime. They're undulating and pulsing with ooze. The spider webs are 
caked with a glistening green slime, which seems to cover most of the ground that you're on. And the mud puddle that you're in is a, a just a consolidation of this nasty green sludge. This sounds like some sludge we ran into recently. <laughs> and you guys start. You guys make some. Why don't you make some perception checks to get a get a get your bearings? Twenty-two. Also twenty-two. Ten. Okay. So Claudio and Aelin, you guys look around you, and you can kind of make out through the canopy of the trees above you, just barely, that the sky is not blue. It's purple, with green clouds, and the clouds are raining a kind of smoky, firing substance that is put out before it reaches the ground. Oh, that's good. It looks like right. You guys don't understand what is going on, but you do understand that there's something very inherently wrong about this place. Um, Aelin, as an as a person of, you know, arcane background with a little bit of nature background, you can tell that this is something's very off about the forest. Eric, you, you try to use your detect evil and it's everywhere. I was gonna acknowledge religion to see what plane we were on. Go for it. I got a twenty one. Um, you are pretty sure that you're on the same plane. Um, you're pretty sure that you, like, from just, like, using, you know, you spit on your finger and twirl in the air like they taught you back in Paladin school, and you're able to determine <laughs> that this is, in fact, the same plane that you're on. As far as you can tell, you haven't, you've just changed locations. Alright. So, and after a few minutes of you guys looking around, you guys are, you guys are kind of peering at the trees and at the ground. Rob, you, you know, as you stand up out of the mud, you look over, and over to the, over to the left, you see behind, like, a, a small, uh, small bunch of trees, what looks like some kind of stone shrine. Hmm. Um, and as you look at it, you, and you, like, you know, take a few steps towards it, uh, you see that there's a figure on the shrine, um, and it's a body. Um, and they're kind of, like, sprawled out, um, on it. Missing their heart? <laughs> and um, they, um, they, are, they, they are definitely dead. Um, you, it seems like they bled out somehow. It's the Baron. Oh, shit. oh wow! And as you kind of like notice this, and you like, you're like, guys, you also notice some rustling coming from in the woods. Cute. And you and Eric and Suzanne, you both notice this as well. And because you guys got so, so did so well on your perception checks, you guys don't, you guys don't get surprised. So I'll give you advantage for this first round. As two monsters jump from the trees, they are what look kind of like minotaurs, except they're completely green and covered in slime. They kind of look like the goo ghouls, but this is a much more uh, nasty-looking green. And it's much thicker. Like 10 feet tall? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, Come on, for Paylor. Yeah. We got this. Roll for initiative. Oh, Paylor's sitting on my shoulder. Eighteen. Pick the magic die today. <laughs> your initiative modifier. Fifteen. Thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Slime Minotaurs uh, a twenty. So I'm gonna be going first. One's gonna run up towards you, Rob, and it's not doesn't have anything in its hands. As it gets close to you, it like bulges a fish. Uh, uh, bulges a fish. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it hits you with a salmon. Um, <laughs> it generates a salmon and hits you with it. Um, it, it, it clenches its fist and it kind of undulates the slime there as it grows into like a mallet and it strikes you um, 
Make a strength check to keep from being thrown back. Okay. Um, as it hits you, because I'm pretty sure it hits you. What's your arm class? Uh, 17. Yeah, it gets you. Alright, uh, so I got a 19 okay. on my strength check. Um, you are picked up off the ground and thrown back five feet, but you manage to like stay on your feet and you're not prone or anything okay. like that. Um, and you're going to take 15 points of damage from this thing as it punches you in the chest. Um, the other one is going to um, attack, run at you, Eric, and strike at you. Oh, what's your arm class? 18. Uh, it's also going to hit you. Uh, you're going to take 14 and need to make a strength check as it also tries to push you into the forest. I got eight. Nine on the strength check. Okay, it throws you back 10 feet. Um towards the slime-covered trees. Um, so you are, Eric, now maybe 20, maybe 10 feet away from the from the edge of the clearing, and you can see the trees kind of, like, rattling a little bit, and they, like, the ooze kind of, like, you can see it just, like, needle tendril out towards you. Um, and it's uh, your turns. Why don't we just go around the table and start with Suzanne? Okay. Doodle. <laughs> what? Empire. You want to go, Eric? Go start with Eric. Let's start with Eric. Why don't we start with Why don't we start with Eric? Because he rolled the highest. Because he's a little whiny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to charge with a smite evil and advantage. Yes. Does a uh, twenty nine hit? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right, and then that smite evil. I got a. Uh, 15. 15 damage. Okay. As it, like, fucking bashes you with its arm and, like, knocks you back, you slice down on its elbow and you cut the thing's arm off as, as you're, like, thrown back all in, like, one motion. And you can and you can see as it, like, you know, does a weird scream in pain, like an elk mating call. <laughs> you know? And uh, you watch as the arm starts... Forming back, the ooze starts sliding up the arm a little bit, but it does it does seem very uh, hampered by this lock, lack of, lack of a hand. I'm gonna have to purge it with fire. Rob, it's your turn. Okay. If I get hit by this thing again, I'm I'm done. For the for the most part. Mm. Oh, tree bird. All right. You know what? I think I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna go in and uh, attack him with my flame scimitar. Okay. Powered up. Yep. All right, do it. I'm ready. It's a cool 19 hit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And no Um, Yeah, you can hit not the one that hit you, but the other one that hit Eric. Okay. You can run it behind it. I'm right. sorry, taking damage, too. Right. Because right. he's looking the so, other way, kind of thing. Not an A+. Plus. 12 <laughs> damage. Okay. Um... You can, Rob, as the fire starts burning through the ooze, you can see that it's, like, cauterizing the fucking slime away from it, and, like, the slime kind of, like, moves away from it. Um, the Minotaur screams in pain and, like, flinches back, but it doesn't, you know, you, you don't, like, cut off its fucking face or something like that. Yeah. But it definitely, like, you stab it in its fucking kidney, and it's like, oh, man, my kidney. <laughs> <laughs> as you cut a hole through this Minotaur, you are able to look past it and see some rustling coming from the woods behind you. You're not sure, but you think that you can count another five minotaurs. Suzanne, it's your turn. 
Wanted to shoot the closest Minotaur with Scorching Ray? Um, yes. Alright, you hit twice. How much damage did you do? Uh, I did 21 on the first one and 16 on the second. You're surprised, Suzanne. You think that your spells should have done more damage or at least gone through more. Um, it's their act. They're going to hit, strike at Eric and Rob. They miss Rob, but they hit Eric. Eric, make a strength check. Ooh, I got a nine. Okay, you get pushed back on the five feet. The forest reaches out and tries to get you some more. Get you, get you, get you. Gotcha. Um, that's what my, my grandma calls underwear. Um, anyway, she's Polish. I don't know. <laughs> and the, is that like a good excuse? I mean, I use that excuse, excuse enough. It's all, don't worry about it, I'm Polish. Alright, then I turn undead. Okay, yeah. Eric, you used your turn undead ability. I got a 16 on the turning check and a 14 on the damage check. Okay. Um, you can sense that two of the Minotaurs are uh, kind of stopping their tracks and don't want to move any closer to you. The rest of them are gonna are are still moving. Um, and Rob, what would you like to do? There's a badly burned and scorched and slashed Minotaur, and there's one that kind of just thump, tried to thump you. Which one got hit by Suzanne? The um, not the one that tried to hit you. So the one that tried to hit me is virtually untouched. Yes. At the moment. Okay. Um, I think it is untouched. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's true. Wait, didn't you swung at it? No, we all swung at the same one. Yeah, you guys all, oh, all beat on the same guy. Yep. Still How dead? do they have that many hit points? Because they're minotaurs. And good. And good. Alright, I'm going to try to get away from the minotaur that keeps, just keeps trying to attack me. And uh, if possible into a flanking position with the other Minotaur. Okay, yeah, you can do that. Alright, uh, do you want me to roll a tumble check? Yeah, or, uh, don't worry about the tumble check. You can just okay. make an attack action. Okay, alright. Um, and so I'm going to attack the, the one that has been being attacked with our uh, flame scimitar. Flame tar. Uh, it's 20 total. Okay, that's going to hit. Can I get sneak attack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're in a flank. I got two ones and a two. <laughs> All right, that's still thirteen. Okay, that's a, that's enough. And as Rob, as you as you stab this minotaur in the back, um, you can you you go through its rib cage and through its fucking vital organs. Organs. <laughs> organs. Organs. And it uh it collapses to the ground and turns into just a puddle of slime. Elon. Well. There's one Minotaur up in your face. There's okay. there's a couple Minotaurs coming at you. I don't think I really have a solution for the, the many. So I guess I'll shoot the one that's like right here. Okay. Um, so I got a 15 and a 9. Okay, so those are going to hit. Okay. The first ray hits for 15 points of damage. Okay. And the second hits for also 15 points of damage. Okay, you just blast him in his, in his knee and watch him fucking fucking fall to the ground and his fucking one leg is blown off. Um, that's nice. So, as you guys are enclosed, encircled by these slime minotaurs, a figure appears over the edge of the shrine um, and you guys recognize um, a hooded person. 
Um, their face is is distorted and twisted. Um, their legs elongated. Um, excuse me, leg elongated, ha- arm elongated, as the arm one arm and one leg has been replaced by prosthetic ver- uh, mechanical steampunk versions of themselves. Um, the a tail swings out behind the cloak, um, which uh, is the, probably the most familiar part of this character, as you recognize Krunk in rat form jumping over the shrine at you. And he lands on one of the slime monsters and using one flame scimitar just slashes its head fucking right off. And he whips out a fucking hand crossbow, but it's not a hand crossbow, it's just a gun. And he shoots two of the other ones. Um, and, the, shots. and the rest of them just run off into the forest. And you guys are standing there with a were-rat version of Rob as he stands up, puts his, puts his hand crossbow and scimitar away. And he looks at you like, you're not what I was expecting. Hey guys, it's me, Gabe, your DM, your player, and your triple X. Welcome to the Xander Zone. Um, real quick, I just wanted to ask you guys to like and subscribe, and I wanted to give a shout out to Gateway Spectre, the best metal band ever, and to thank them for allowing us to use their song. I'd like to ask you guys to check out Vanilla Dice Podcast. It's a, another D&D podcast, very good. Their show sounds really great, and I just gotta recommend them. Their players are super enthusiastic and fun. Thanks again for listening to the show and participating. You guys unlocked my bonus episode because you guys participated in all my special little puzzles and everything. Just want to say thank you for participating and uh, enjoy the show. Thank you. What were you expecting? The Baron said that he was going to get us some help. Some real help, not not us. We, we, don't, we don't have time. All right. You, the Baron dead? Looks like it. He said he might not make it. He didn't know exactly what he was getting into when he cast the spell. I, none of us did. He said that it would help. We don't have a lot of time. Come on. He starts leading you back past the shrine. Do you guys follow him? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so you guys follow this uh, were-rat Rob through the spider forest. Are we in the future? Uh, yeah. What do you guys remember? Uh, going to the beach with the Baron. We were on our way to Greyhawk, and the Baron decided to stop here and walked off, and then... A portal appeared. A guy showed up, and there was a portal, and now we're here. But that's not what happened to us. We never went to Greyhawk. We all went our separate ways. Claudio went his way, Aelin hers, and I helped the Baron every once in a while. After everything that happened, it's it's been just a fight for survival. Maybe Pepe will exp- can explain more. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who you are. I don't know if I should trust you, honestly. You, you guys go through this slime-covered tunnel through the spider forest, and you appear in front of the village Farhaven. But it is a, a far sight from what it once was. The buildings are mostly burnt down or collapsed, covered in slime. And here you can you have a very good view of the sky, which is completely purple, with green clouds that are just constantly raining fire. The village is now surrounded by a wall, a makeshift wall. And inside, you can hear um, you can hear sounds of machines running. And um, as you guys enter, you notice that a bunch of things have changed. Um, first, there's a lot of people here. 
most of them are people who you think are probably either from uh, Thistle, who you recognize. Some of them are from the, the village itself. Others came from the Baron's estate or maybe from Greyhawk. You're not sure. You can even see other people like Krunk who are were-rats, but they're not humans or were-rats. They're kind of a mashup hybrid version where they have partially, you know, partial rat faces or whiskers and, you know, they're all, you know, half-formed were-people. And there's a number of them. There's even lizard men. And um, as, as you guys approach, some people look at you, Eric, and they're freaked out. And they're like, he's back! And I'm a light of Baylor, I'm back! Were-rat Rob is like, keep your voice down. You, you don't want to draw, draw too much attention. Um, and you, he like hurries you around the back end. Like some people, like they see you and they're like clearly whispering um, about you, Claudio. All right. <laughs> and you guys enter the estate of Pepe, the airship that was once was, except it now is. Um, it is fully completed with hover packs and fucking big weird fans and steampunk cranks and gears and shit. It's all built. It's all completed. Um, but it's, you know, some part of the machine doesn't seem to be functioning properly. And as you guys enter um, this workshop, Pepe looks over at you and he's like, Vermin, you're back! <laughs> Where a rat crunk um, moves, moves in. He's like, I brought the help to the Baron. The Baron said. And Pepe looks at you and you at Eric and he's a little, like, worried at first. Vermin's like, no, he's not. He's not the same. He's, I think he. I think that they might be from some other timeline. I don't know. But Pepe's like, oh man, we got, we're really in it for this time. We gotta keep going. I guess Plan A is not gonna work. Vermin's like going straight to Plan B. Pepe's, you know, all right. Well, you know, you know the deal. We gotta go get. We gotta go get that mace back. Unless he's got one that works. What kind of mace are you looking for? Vermin comes up, to Claudio. Do you uh, do you have the the crying mace? The look, nail bat. You look at your <laughs> nail bat. And its face is laughing. He's like, yeah. Vermin shakes his head a little bit. I pull out my other mace. <laughs> it, it does not have a sad face on its end. Vermin looks over at you guys and he's like, the Baron had a plan. He thought that he had um, some, he worked out some kind of spell that would summon, summon back the gods. That they would come and help us. But it seems like they just sent you. So we're going back to our, our original plan, which was to blow up the castle. If you guys... If you guys weren't, if you guys weren't around during when, when it happened, you guys don't know, but something went down in this in Greyhawk. After we after we split up, I went back to the city and tried to discover more about being a were rat. It didn't didn't take long, but before I knew it, the, there there was a huge explosion and everybody started turning into monsters, slime monsters. Um, some people didn't transform. We don't know why, but every but almost everybody died. City's still on fire. I escaped. I can't. I found the Baron, and we came back here. I don't. I don't know what happened to Aelin, but I know that Claudio, not you, the other Claudio, he went back to Thistle. You remember Merce, the Goblin with the red hair, the cheery one. Yeah. The one you know just wanted to help people. Well, things are different now, but we gotta go. We gotta go talk to him. We gotta see if he'll help us. I think that if he sees you, he might just agree. So let's go. We don't, we don't have a lot of time. He, like, preps you on, you know, what's what's going on with the ship and that they have a general idea to take this fucking load of magical arcane explosives in uh, on this on this boat, deliver them directly to the castle that was formerly Greyhawk, and blow it up. 
but the big the problem is is that they don't have a power source and they need uh, some kind of divine uh, anchor to hold it all together, which is where Claudio's mace comes in, and the one that he's got right now. It's too happy. Yeah. <laughs> Vermin looks over at you and he's like, you know, you, you're the servant of the sun, right? That's the idea. The, the sun hasn't shined in this land since the castle rose. I'm gonna drop to my knees and start praying. Um. <laughs> All right. So you guys head with, head with Vermin towards the uh, town of um, Thistle. Um, and it's it's not a, it's not a very long walk. Um, it seems it, it's weird because the the time that you think that it should take kind of condenses down. And it almost seems like it happens, like, instantaneously. Distance and time, like, almost seem to, like, fluctuate weirdly. And Vermin doesn't, doesn't seem to be constrained by the, um, the ooze. And he's somehow able to, like, move it and, like, travel through spots of the forest which have it condensed a little bit more. Thistle. And as you guys reach the edge of the spider forest, um, you hear an alarm bell sound. Uh, and you guys look look at look onto Thistle and the small town the small quiet town uh, which you remember is a uh, is completely different than what it once was. A series of palisades interlock surrounding area, blocking it off from the forest and the surrounding farmland, which you can see is kind of covered in a sheen of ooze. Fields have crops growing, but they're rotting on the stalks as they, you know, are covered in this nasty green blight, which covers everything. As you guys, you know, start to approach the, the wall with vermin, um, and, and the alarm bell sounds, you guys can see a number of guards. Some of them are human, but, uh, mostly they're goblin. As you guys get about halfway through, um, halfway, halfway to the palisade, um, an arrow fucking lands at your feet. And um, you hear a voice shout, oh, oh, stop where you are! Gates open, and you see a, um, a woman start to ride out. Um, and Vermin turns to you. Once it became clear that we weren't going to be able to take back wow, what we lost, survival became the only goal. Claudio, Claudio was able to make that happen. Um, he managed to keep most of us alive. But when the god stopped speaking, that became his only goal. And as you as you watch this figure um, approach, you guys, it's uh, you notice that it is the uh, dark-haired woman, Ginny Hawkeye, but she's got an eye patch on, and she's wearing uh, instead of her leather armor, she's wearing a suit of uh, chainmail, and she's got a pair of swords. When she sees you, she's kind of like dumbfounded, especially looking at you, Claudio. Brilliant gold hair. <laughs> she doesn't say anything. She turns to Vermin. What are you doing back here, Vermin? Returns to Ginny, and he's like. We need to speak to Claudio. We have Aelin with us. And she, you know, looks at you, Aelin, and... All right, hurry up. You guys go in, in through the Palisade Gate, and inside the wall um, is, a, is a very different sight than what you would have expected. The, the inside is kind of like a Star Wars house dug down into the ground with what looks like mine, mine carts and shafts digging down into the ground, creating... Are you talking about Tatooine? Yeah. Okay. Um, create, um, creating a layered structure that looks kind of like the fucking mines of Moria, um, and you see and you can hear like clattering down in this hole that's down there, and you see skeletons 
and uh, zombies just hacking and mining away. Um, and you can see, you know, in the di down down a level, you can see a red-headed goblin cackling and, and dancing as she commands these undead to uh, mine endlessly. Mm. And people people look at you, um, Eric, and they're kind of like, you know, what the hell? You know, and they're like, you know, people are pointing at you. Um, and they're, you know, whisper, people are whispering. And you, uh, as you go through the town, you can, you see, you go past the center square and there's a statue. And it's actually of, Cla <laughs> of you, Claudio. You're holding up your mace and you're stepping on the head of um, a slimy monster. The, the mace's head, though, instead of a, you know, the laughing, smiling face of Paylor is a uh, crying, sad face of Paylor. And um, instead of the, you know, shining gold, it's a, uh, it's just plated in black. Underneath the statue is the caption, um, Claudio the Righteous. And you can see that the Righteous has been scratched out and in, in its place has been written, The Betrayed. And you guys walk into the main hall and you guys approach and you see, you know, a, 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 again, a shadowy figure in a cloak sitting on a throne uh, in the back. And uh, Ginny, uh, Ginny Hawkeye is like, my lord, Vermin is here. You know, you hear Claudio's voice and it's, you know, why is he back? She's like, she, he says that he's brought Aelin. I think it's some kind of trick. You, you watch as Claudio stands up from the, from the throne and he's, you know, enveloped in shadow and he stands up into the light. And you can see that he's got a blindfold on. He steps off of the throne, approaches you guys, and he's like, I never expected such a low blow from you vermin. After destroying my undead slaves, this truly is a surprise. Vermin steps up and he's like, Claudio, we need you and we need the mace. Pepe has devised a machine that can end this all. The, the Baron, he... He's gone. He... He, he summoned these... Travelers. They... They look like us, but they aren't us. Maybe with their help, we can change everything. And he's, you know, he comes down, he, you know, gets close to you guys, he holds out a hand, and uh, you can set, you guys, like, sense a presence looking at you, but it's, like, in completely enveloping. Instead of, you know, like, when you get that sense when somebody's looking at you with their eyes, you can, you know, you know it's in the back of your neck, somebody's looking at you. Right. It's like that, except your whole body. And this... Dark Claudio is, you know, examining all of who you are. And, you know, as he, when he gets to you, Aelin, he, you know, his hands start to tremble a bit. You are not her. I, I will go with you. What must be done? You got, and he, you know, Vermin's like, we, you know, we, we have to go. You know, the ship's almost ready. We don't have a lot of time. Um, well, that was easy. Didn't take much convincing. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> he's he's about it. I'm sorry. It's one of those things. <laughs> so with with Claudio in tow, you guys head back to uh, see Pepe, and um, you know he's like, "Oh man, we, you guys are really cl cutting it close this this time." And, he, and like you can see the ship starting to fire up, and you know Claudio goes over and hands hands the mace to Pepe, and he takes it gingerly and he goes over and inserts it into this strange steampunk slot machine. And you can see the whole device start glowing with a divine power. You know, the, the rest of the crew of the ship boards. And you guys get on. And um, you start flying up. And as you guys go across the sky, um, you're able to get a really good picture of um, the destruction that's gone across the land. It's really, you know, it becomes clear 
all of the destruction that's happened, as you see, you know, there's almost nothing untouched. And there's pockets of this green ooze which seems to seep out and, you know, expand. And parts of, parts of the land aren't as badly, uh, you know, racked with this necrotic energy as others. But some parts are just, you know, completely falling apart. And, you know, almost, you know, you guys see farmhouses and buildings either crumbling and collapsed, covered in ooze, or burnt to the ground. Um, in the distance, over the horizon, you see this monumental castle maybe half the size of Greyhawk itself, dominating the sky. You know, as you fly closer and closer, you can see, you know, lights glowing from the castle and from the city, and you realize that the city itself is still on fire, and the smoke and the, you know, flames are still licking the bottom of the castle. And you guys start flying closer. As you guys get closer to the city, um, why don't you make some perception checks? Sorry, I know it's been a bit since you rolled some dice. 16. 16. Also 16? <laughs> wow, that's one in a million. We're all yeah. the same thing. Um, <laughs> you guys are all peering over the edges of the ship as it, you know, clunks through the sky. <laughs> you guys look down, and you can see one of these patches of ooze, and it, like, starts to spiral, and you can see, like a whirlpool starting to form, and you, as you look, you can see other whirlpools starting to form in other patches of this ooze, and you can hear a boom come from the castle, and the whirlpools start to, like, spin and turn, and Vermin comes over, and he sees you looking at the pools, and he's like, oh, shit, and he, we got trouble! And Pepe, you know, he's like, oh, no, we're not even close yet! As, um, from the, fuck, from the spiral ooze pits, a um, what appears to be something like a dragon steps out one claw at a time mashing the earth and wings sprout from its back feathering out and rivulets of nasty slime that come down in waves and these ooze dragons take off as you guys approach and get to the last bit of your journey and they fly up towards the airship Claudio pulls out his mace uh, roll for initiative Claudio pulls out his other mace three Nine. Nice. Eighteen. I rolled a one. So, uh... So, these ooze dragons, um, come flying towards the ship at fucking rocketous speeds, and one of them fucking slams into the side of the boat. Because you guys got higher on your initiatives, why don't you guys make some kind of... make a strength check or dexterity check to maintain hold on the ship. Eight. Uh, nineteen. Aelin and Claudio... You two are, are able to grab onto the edges of the uh, edges of the balcony as these fucking slime dragons crash into the side of the boat. And um, Rob, you are thrown into the air, falling off of the edge of the ship as Vermin tries to reach out and grab you, and misses, and you fall. Claudio, it's your turn. Shit. Uh, reach out and grab Rob. You are. He is too far away at this point. Unless you're gonna dive out of the ship after him. There is a slime dragon. Right next to you. There are three slime dragons. Uh, they're large-sized creatures. They're all attacking the same side of the ship. Um, and they are just knocking people off left and right. Like, can they reach across the entire ship, or...? Uh, no, not quite. I'm gonna back off from these dragons and start praying. Okay. <laughs> Twelve. Um, Eric... 
you back off and do a prayer to the light, and you see the other Claudio look at you and just chuckle. Aelin, it's your turn. Man, God's gonna reach across planes. Can I cast a floating disc where it looks like Rob is hurtling towards? Um, no, you cannot, because that's not how a floating disc works. It only levitates like five feet off the ground or something like that. Oh, yeah. Shit. Otherwise, it disappears. No, she's distortion race. I guess. Nice. <laughs> in the dragon's face. I don't yeah, really have anything else. You are up in its face. I rolled real bad. What'd you get? Do I have anything? Yeah, it's some stuff. Right? Looks like you're gonna miss though. Yeah, I, I think I did real bad. <laughs> I had some stuff. It's not gonna matter. It's not gonna matter. I think you missed. So you shoot off two scorching rays as these dragons get in your face, and you, you know, desperately, you know, try to move backwards as you shoot two rays off. Um, um, vermin reaching for Rob uh, misses, and Rob, you tum- you tumble off of the boat and, and begin your fall down to the ground. Can I roll again to grab something? Try to grab onto something. Uh, yeah, you can make one last ditch attempt, I suppose. It's going to be... No. no. You know what? No. no. Okay. You're going okay. to fall into your death. I'm sorry. Um, All right. With your old storage mace, Dark Claudio sticks his hand up in the air and summons the dark power of the fallen gods and strikes at one of the fucking uh, dragons and just smushes its head in. Pepe uh, yells something like, we don't have enough top, as uh, one of the other dragons smashes him off of the boat, and you see Vermin roll a one and and get knocked off with him. Nice. Um, Eric, make a strength check. Uh, 17. The last dragon picks you up and flies over the, the empty sky. And turns into just ooze again, and you fall. You hear a you hear a voice coming from the distance, and you see and Rob as you like twist and turn, trying to save yourself as you fall through the sky. Um, you hear a voice in the distance. Did, Did you think, think that, that I wouldn't, wouldn't be, be watching? watching? Did you think that I wouldn't expect some pathetic attempt? You're so, so predictable. predictable. And now watch you will watch your world. Aelin, you're the only uh, character, main character left on the boat, and there are three dragons um, on the ship with you, and they're just eviscerating the rest of the crew, ripping off heads, ripping off limbs, ripping off whatever you want, ripping off something. And they grab you and hold you as uh, Rob and Eric, you guys plummet through the air and you can see a huge figure. It's a dragon, but it has seven heads and two pairs of wings, two tails, and it's made of snakes. All Everything about it is snakes. Its head, its individual scales are individual snake monsters. Its fingers on the claws are individual snakes, and they writhe and twist in a horrible mass that you can't explain. And it almost drives you mad just looking at it. And you hear the voice emanating out of this thing as it reaches the ship and its claws dig into it. And it begins bringing the ship down with it. This world will soon belong to us again. again. You guys watch as he just rips the ship apart and the explosions don't even come close to blowing up the castle. 
and it's just in this open field. And Aelin, you come face to face with this snake thing as it looks at you. It says, The Baron thought that you could be saved, but in your heart, you know that we burn in your soul. And you explode and die. As you guys all are pulled back through the time portal um, and are back on the beach right in front of the bonfire. And the Baron comes back. And he's like, oh, man. Oh, oh, boy, I had to pee for like a whole minute. Oh, it's the longest piss I ever took. 